0: Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van and, and why am I gonna drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. We're gonna find the commonalities, and it's gonna be really an amazing experience, and I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hey everybody! Welcome back to Mental Health Today. I am your host Ken Stearns, and uh, this is you know, this is a great little uh, show that we've put together where we really do talk about you know all things mental health and really from the what are we doing to kind of help fix the crisis uh, kind of approach. Saw my little commercial there. That was me with the JAR uh, podcast where I started out. I've been traveling around the country. I'm in Moab Moab, uh, right now just to finish a, a face-to-face show. Really great stuff uh, talking just about, you know, life stuff. And in those conversations, I heard so many mental health stories, uh, the challenges people have had that it got me inspired to start this dialogue. And really to meet people, you know, the wonderful people around the country and around the world. We've had uh, quite a few people from different countries. What they're doing in the space, what are they doing to kind of help the crisis? And and quite often, too, it includes a personal story. Um, and Jessica is our, our guest today. And, uh, you know, Jessica, thanks for being super flexible on the time. I I, I really appreciate that. And, uh, and I really look forward to kind of hearing your story. It's great you know we've got you look younger than me everybody looks younger than me um but you know you look really you know you look you look like you're in a great space to be in this mental health space at your age and to kind of you'll have a different perspective i think than a than a lot of people because it may be normal for you at this level and for me it's caught me by surprise that it's that there's this much of a crisis going on and so jessica welcome to the show and and maybe you can give the audience a little background on yourself and and uh, what what your little journey was to get you in here.
1: All right. Well, thanks, Ken. I'm happy to be here. Um, yeah, so my name is Jessica Langenhan. Um I'm a board-certified psychiatrist, uh, board-certified in adult psychiatry, but actually kind of speaking to the crisis and the need for mental health, I actually treat children and adolescents as well. So I've kind of mm. expanded out my age group um, just based on need, and yeah. I feel comfortable treating kids. Kids and parents seem to like me, so I just kind of rolled with it. Um, <laughs> um, currently, I'm actually seeing everybody through telehealth. So my, my clinical okay. practice is 100% telehealth. Um, I've done a lot of in-person work in the past in different levels of private practice, inpatient, you know, mm-hmm. partial hospitalization type programs, and things like that. And kind of with a string of everything, just life, schedule, pandemic, of course, everything just kind of evolved that Telehealth is where I feel I'm the most productive and effective. I can yeah. reach the most amount of people. Um, yeah, I'm l- licensed in different states, so I can see people. I'm in California, but I can see people in North Carolina, just as an example. Um, so, really, just kind of trying to open up my accessibility to people in that respect. Yeah, yeah.
0: How did you get in? How did you fall into it? Was this just something you know your mom and dad said you should be a psychiatrist, yeah. or you? Yeah. how did it happen?
1: I actually, I still remember the level of anxiety I had when I, when I told my parents that that's what I was deciding to do. Um, Because really no one, I mean, I think I have so many patients where everyone's like, well, in my culture, in my family, we don't talk about mental health. And I'm like, there's, that crosses all lines because it doesn't matter what color you are, what, you know, how old you are, whatever. I feel like everyone has that feeling for the Mm -hmm. most part um so I actually went to medical school thinking I was going to be a pediatrician of some sort and then I I don't know I'm like I like kids but it was just it was a little too much and the parents were actually even more than too much
0: (laughs) yeah that that would give me some that would give me mental health issues if I was a pediatrician just dealing with (laughs) mom and dad
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think I feel like when you go through a lot of the other medical specialties, you catch up, you know, people are dealing with their mental health issues. So I'm like, I might as well just like be in the field where I can actually do something about it rather than note Uh, it in the chart and pass it on to somebody else. Um,
0: Yeah. Yes. So,
1: and then just doing my psychiatry rotations because you know they have you do kind of like the main okay. core uh, clerkships and things. I just really liked it. I did, it just seemed to kind of fit. Um, and I actually did my pediatric rotation after that. And then I'm like, no, let's go back to psychiatry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it wasn't anything. My parents definitely did not push me in the direction of, of psychiatry. Yeah. It, was yeah, kind yeah. Of new, it was a new one for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's more like my little, my joke, you know, because how do people fall into psychiatry, right? Y- 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 it's an interesting it's an interesting field and it's it's not one that's been portrayed on TV as heroic. It's not been portrayed on TV as some great person. Usually it's a little dark. Right. Some, I, I, quite often still on TV, it's kind of presented at least gray, but they're not the white hats running around saving people.
1: Yeah. They don't have too many like psyche you know, shows on at 10 yeah, or yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And, and yeah. And, and a lot of times, I don't know, I feel like the psychiatrist's resorts you've per- always portrayed as like the nerdy male with like the dark glasses. Yeah, absolutely. Smoking
0: yeah. a pipe and laying on the, this- <laughs>
1: exactly.
0: the, I mean, these stereotypes it's great because they're being obviously blown up. And, and I think now one of the things that that's been a, kind of an education part for me uh, through this was talking about the earnings that people could make in the business before COVID and even a physical practice, the challenges of a physical practice, you know, economically, time-wise and everything for a, especially for somebody starting out and then having a chance to visit with some younger, younger therapists who are, who are just, you know, not, not young because you're not young when you get out really, but you know starting out and they're starting out almost immediately straight into telehealth. They're never, they're all virtual, not all, but they're they have, some of these are virtual practices, and they're just kind of growing. And and once you get the administrative side down, uh, it seems like you can you can you can start to grow a little bit if you if that's what you want to do. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting.
1: No, and there's, de- there's definitely, because you know, I've been, like I said, I've been in a few different private practices and mm-hmm. it's, it's really, it's the administrative struggles with it that can be the biggest, it's like the patients, yeah. they're fine, whatever, you know, I can deal with them, but it's, yeah, it's kind of that the management and finding a front desk staff that you can trust and things. So yeah, telemedicine, all of that gets erased.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it's interesting that, that now, you know, you can earn, you can earn a living, Doing this and it, you know, just talking to people before, it seemed like, man, if you were a therapist and you were a young therapist starting out, not easy to to make ends meet to, you know, to pay all your bills and to run a and to run a practice. And um, and I think it's great that we're finally getting some good reimbursements and probably getting better rates and and a lot more recognition for the work you do.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that's a really, a very valid point. Um, and then the whole thing with parity with insurances where basically yes. insurance companies have to treat it equally to medical problems so they can't, you know, shortchange basically the mental health side of, of someone's benefits, mm-hmm. um, I think made a huge difference yeah, just in terms of reimbursement and things. Because yeah, everyone, you have to earn a living you can love what you do, but if it's not paying the bills, then you might have to rethink things. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and I think that was some of the messages that came through, you know, from other other interviews. You know the struggle before, you know the before and after, and one of those conversations was coming actually from uh, kind of a headhunter, uh, somebody okay. that's in the business and it's a headhunter, and they were they were really in the detail, right? They saw the real numbers right. and yeah. on a kind of a, a broader scale, and just their excitement that you know, man, we can now we got and saying so many young women coming into the space, um, just because it's a great, you know, it's a place where the net, the skills are kind of natural. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, it's just kind of and and now that you can make money and you can do it remotely, so it's flexible. It can fit inside people's schedules. um, It's great stuff. Right now, we're in a. I feel like we're in a good spot. Uh, At least from the maturity of of delivering better options for for clients.
1: Yeah. And I mean, from my perspective, I think that's one thing good that came out of the pandemic was yeah. people's ability, because even just comparing, so I've been in tele, I've been doing some form of telemedicine since like 20, mid 2018 is what okay. I kind of opened up that part of my practice. Um, and I've been with the same telehealth company since, but um comparing like my earning potentials before the pandemic versus like it I think I almost like tripled my earnings in one month like that March after the pandemic yeah yeah (laughs) like looking because I kind of track all my my things and then just like I could because I could have hours on my schedule and they wouldn't necessarily all get filled then once the pandemic came every hour every minute I offered got filled (laughs) um and so and it's and it's continued even though a lot of things are open back up and people are offering a lot of people do a hybrid thing where they might have a private practice but then do telepsych as well um, so a lot of people I think have just kind of stuck with it because the convenience I mean I see people at nine o'clock at night they put the kids to bed and then they jump on for their call and we check in about their meds um, like I mentioned kind of seeing people on different different coasts both heading west and east of me um, it's yeah the flexibility of it is, is just amazing
0: <laughs> oh and that's clever you've got clients on the east coast as well So that, yeah, yeah, that really helps your time as well, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there are some people who are like the early birds. And so they're in California and take my 7am appointments. And then some of them are in North Carolina. And they're like, oh, it's 10 for me. This is perfect. So
0: (laughs) yeah, that's really good. Have you or what is or have you seen a shift in what people are talking about the kind of the, the top of mind struggles? uh, since the pandemic or the change, you know, after the, as the pandemic's kind of waning now, and, and I don't know what people would have, what triggered, not triggered, but really brought them to see somebody, right. What would, during that pandemic, the things that are just too much. And now they you know, there's a different set of challenges, right. A lot of that stuff where was kind of environmental, In a way, and it triggers these things, and either memories, past things they've dealt with, and they want to talk to somebody because it's bringing up some some things. But it was it's an external kind of environmental thing, very heavily. And now you're you know we're mostly now back to our own thoughts, right? We're not getting there's no more there's no more COVID fear porn, you know. And and if the fear porn is gone, have we are people getting better, or are they using this as an opportunity to find other ways? to kind of other things to heal.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's, I think, mean, a very interesting question. There's, I kind of have seen, like, multiple things. First, like, I think going into yeah. the pandemic, there were a lot of people who may have been, like, kind of on the cusp of their depression yeah. and anxiety being, like, "Uh, it doesn't, it's not great, but I can manage. I go to yoga. Yeah. I do other things. And then shut down. And that all just kind of went. Yeah. Over <laughs> um, it's interesting now, because I am seeing some anxiety and issues with people returning back to normal life. Like, a lot of yes. people got very used to the work from home situation. Yeah. Um, they don't want to deal with the office policy politics, the boss breathing down their neck, whatever it is, and just kind of that going back and feeling like they're forced to go back because some offices are saying you have to do it three three days a week or whatever the deal is. So um, I think and also just maybe like higher pressures to perform. Like there's no more of this excuse, you know, that oh things are going to take six months because of COVID, like we need to get back on the ball. So I I kind of seen almost anxiety because of those those types of issues. (laughs)
0: Oh, so it is, the, it is the back to normal.
1: Yes, because I think a lot of people, and, you know, and again, even like for kids, the kids who hated school or, you know, were the shy kid, for them, school from home, that's great, you know? Again, I don't have to deal with, like, the peer pressure, the bullying, whatever yeah. else. I'm just going to sit here and be on my laptop and switch between playing games and doing my English homework or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> great. Um, I think the other thing I've seen a lot of is adult ADHD, um, and... Again, whether that's something that people just notice because it was so hard concentrating just for everyone, I think at mm-hmm. home, you know, during the pandemic, um, and then it may be not necessarily improving, or them just being more aware of those types of symptoms mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. returning to work or having to juggle multiple things again. Um, but that's again, I I do I'm very comfortable treating ADHD, so I don't know if they're kind of drawn to me because that's part of my profile and you know referred by therapists and things like that, but um definitely the ADHD has been another kind of like big, big theme in a lot of my patients.
0: <laughs> Interesting. What are the, I mean, if before, you know, as you talk to people uh, and and that's kind of coming across as maybe a diagnosis and you're kind of playing with that, what, um, because this is so prevalent. I mean, even myself, like I, there's no, I don't know what kind of test there is or every, anything else. I'm sure I'm a lifelong, you know, some iteration of ADHD. Uh, what, what techniques are you and how do you do that when you do find somebody? Are you giving some techniques for them to play with or you know to kind of manage it because you don't want to get them on? I'm guessing Ritalin is not the you know that's the last answer. Um, you know, what what's before that and and what's what's your which is kind of what you're feeling on the on this because it's so it's a popular.
1: Right. And, that, and that's the other thing. Like, I'm not sure also how much like TikTok and whatever else, you know, all the ADHD experts on there, how much that's yes. contributing to this. And again, more people are just talking about it. Um, right. And, and it's, it's interesting because there are some, I mean, it's definitely a spectrum like with anything in, yeah. in mental health, you know, in terms of the severity and things. And I have some patients who come to me who really feel that it's affecting their function. Like they just can't, they, they need medications. They want medications mm-hmm. and we do still use Ritalin. It's one of the stimulants, um, the stimulants Works. are kind of like it. Yeah. It's that Adderall Vyvanse, you know, they're all, um, kind of all similar All stimulants in that respect. Yeah. Adderall, um, Adderall
0: was the one I was maybe thinking about.
1: That's yeah. That's, um, it's interesting, though, because on telehealth, most telehealth practices don't allow us to do controlled prescriptions since the stimulants are yeah. yeah. So sure. I actually have to kind of work out a thing where I write like a consultation letter and the patient then takes that to like their face to face, like a primary care doctor usually. And yeah. that person's kind of like the scribe. And most of the times they're agreeable with it. They just want someone else to have kind of rubber stamped the, the diagnosis and the recommendations. Um, but to kind of the answer on the other side, there are patients who don't want to be on medications. Yes. Been on in the past or they some people just don't like medications i totally get that and so there are they're kind of like time management techniques just kind of i think a lot of times it's being aware of what the issue is because sometimes like you know it'll be a, a spouse who's their wife told them that they need an adhd evaluation so they're not even like aware that these are the things that they're doing right so someone's just having the diagnosis and saying this is what the diagnosis is it isn't just the five-year-old who's bouncing off the walls yeah. in the kindergarten class like there's many other components to ADHD, some that aren't even like delineated specifically in our diagnostic criteria. Um, And just kind of being aware, like more self-aware of those things and how it's affecting their lives and the lives of others around them. I think that's a huge first step right there. Um, There are actually people who work as ADHD coaches. (laughs) Like I have resources I provide patients that they can look up and find like an ADHD. So almost like you go to like a trainer, you know, at the gym or like a job coach, if you're looking for to switch your career or something. This is an ADHD coach who kind of works through, you know, how do you frame your day and what are the little things right. that you can do, kind of ticks and tricks and things that you can insert into your day to make the ADHD symptoms at least more within a man. And that that's really a good recommendation, even if you're taking the medication. You never want to like say the medication's doing a hundred percent of the job because we don't our just our medications are not that good. You know, I mean <laughs> we have to be realistic.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and also just I mean, it's if if sometimes it ends up being a thing you do for a long time because it just becomes a, cru- it becomes more than a crutch. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, medicines are something I hope I don't have to take for a lifetime. Um, but you know, the reality is sometimes you do, but, yeah.
1: how,
0: but how to avoid the, the starting it delay, you know, like, like can you push the start date back and I push the amount down Are there techniques I can use to kind of help self-control it or, but I like what you said about being aware is probably the most important part.
1: Yeah, exactly. And especially because ADHD carries a lot of, again, kind of like preconceived notions and a lot of that like mm. kind of baggage with it. Um, yes. Because and, and for the longest time, a lot of times, females were told that they don't have ADHD because it presents differently in them. So there was this like, oh, it's more prevalent in boys where it was just diagnosed more in guys versus it actually being prevalence discrepancy.
0: Yeah. Well, I always, I, you know, I kind of laugh sometimes at that thing of, um, you know, putting eight year old boys in classrooms and strapping them to chairs for five hours. <laughs> like there's nothing, there's not a more, re- I'm sorry, but there's not a more retarded, you know, like, and that's a wrong word. There's not a dumber idea on the, like, and then they bounce around the rooms. They must have a problem.
1: It, it, exactly well it's funny because so my sister and I were the two oldest and my brother's the youngest of the three of us right okay so my sister and I were in school we did fine we do what we told whatever right my brother comes yeah. along my parents are playing out <laughs> every trick in the bag to like basically bribe him to like sit there and do his homework and I remember getting so upset because I'm like well, you, I didn't get all this stuff I just went to school and do what I was supposed to and my dad I still remember he's like the whole carrot and the string whatever analogy right he's so trying he's trying I have to put something before him because school is just not what he wants to do <laughs>
0: i mean it's a real thing right like we need to you know boys need to be run around the yard uh you know about two hours a day uh, you know (laughs) because they just have little engines and they're just gonna go 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 um yeah i don't know so i can't tell if that was me as a kid or not but i do get that giggle of that thought of you know they must have they must have adhd because they can't sit in the chair
1: right exactly (laughs)
0: um and then even and that would be I mean that's that obvious kind of diagnosis thing, right? Where you're looking, there's an ish, something's there, and it's like, oh, it might be this. But you're right, for women, for girls, totally does not present. You know, you you don't have that same thing. So how can they be ADHD?
1: right and that that's been like the prevailing thing but the girls do tend to be more of like the daydreamers so they're sitting but they're not really causing a problem and they might even look like they're paying attention you know if yeah like <laughs> but they're kind of looking at what's going out the window they're doodling they're you know have a conversation going on in their head whatever it is but again they're not really causing problems because they're quiet and at least doing something
0: <laughs> that's funny yeah so the boys are showing different kinds all kinds of symptoms different stuff just being you know being a boy, being a kid. Um, What I was going to ask you to back to that, that kind of change of, you know, change of what you're seeing in the, in the patients. Um, How about, so the, the workers are feeling this kind of pressure to go back. Also the pressure of getting back to normal. Right. I mean, this is an interesting thing. I don't know. You know, what is that, you know, are people going to be able to get back, you, I mean, from the mind, from the psychological part, maybe you use some of your, you know, your schooling and stuff. What happened, you know? Because we broke, you know, we had this very n- normal idea what it meant to work. You go to office, you know, you you get dressed, you you put on your stuff. You know, I'd put on my monkey suit, and you know, they'd go downtown, and and all of a sudden, all of that is gone, and I'm in my, you know, my jammies and my slippers all day and i may you know realize i haven't even showered by 2 days and now you're supposed to be going back to the office and behaving like you know back to normal and deliver stuff and the pressure are people going to be able to relate to this because you know there's no pressure and now it's face to face your boss is saying Jessica you got to get this by friday there's really no excuses the client's waiting i need this done by friday and you know, we haven't had that in a long time
1: it, ex- yeah, exactly. And again, part of it was like, well, things are going to take longer because of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, next, and-
0: yeah. Next month is fine. The client will understand. No, yeah. nobody understands now. It's back, but, you know, we got to go.
1: Yeah. And, and I do I do feel that there's like a, it is it's almost maybe like an inertia almost of just like how like why I, they, that they can't get back. Because, again, it, even yes. and I'm, I'm talking to someone who's like he kind of has like people below him and they're like there's this big like complaint. Like people are complaining because they have to come back to the office X number of days again. It's yes. like there's just this resistance to it. Um, and then part of it, too, is I think we. We found out that there are some things that we, or a lot of things maybe, that we can do remote. And so people yeah. then kind of use that as, like, even for instance, they were talking. So my other job is actually in health insurance. So I kind of split jobs, but okay. people were talking about, well, are you going to go back to the office? And everyone's like, well, we'll go back to the office and everyone's on Zoom. Like, our, all our meetings are like on Microsoft Teams anyway. So because there <laughs> are people from different parts of the country, we're like a right. national company, right? So why go to an office to just be sitting there by myself when I can do that at home in my pajamas and with the cat and all. Of these other things right um so and then not having to commute i mean cutting down just on the environmental effects the cost of gas like there's i yes. can see there's good arguments even separate from mental health that i think are contributing to it and kind of bolstering up people's like resistance i guess
0: <laughs> yeah so i guess does this bring the next wave i mean for you as far as a you know as far as a clinician i guess that's a if that's the right word you, you know what are you going to see differently as, you know, because these are now changing right now, the behavior, now the, the, it was this COVID thing before it was the regulations and, you know, you got to comply or, and now it's going to be, now you're going to be dealing with real work pressure. People are going to be having to say, do I want this job anymore? Cause they're asking me to do this. I've got to decide what's my mental, where's my mental health. Is it, do I need the paycheck? Or do I need a different job? What do you, are you seeing this happen yet or
1: I think, we're, I think we're probably at least heading in that direction. You know, I think yeah. people kind of collect themselves because it's true, like after any major like trauma or life event, that is oftentimes when people have this kind of like reset button, you know, and they're like, well, do I still want to work in this job that I really have not been very fond of, I, I, you know, for 30 I, years yeah. or whatever. So, I mean, and this was, it was really just like a worldwide trauma, you know, everyone, people were affected at different degrees of it. But if we look at it that way, it does, I think it has made a lot of people just kind of, take
0: restock of where they are and where they want to be yeah it's um i think it's going to be very interesting to see to see what does come you know as far as people's careers and how they look at look at everything because there is there is a lot of i i share share a short side story i i was in san francisco it was probably about january last year january february last year so the covid was just just you know we were just kind of on the kind of halfway down that slope, right? It was pretty much wiped out and, and everything was kind of, you know, slowly getting back to not really back to normal. We we're still masking up and, you know, they were still showing, I guess, I think back now, actually they were still showing IDs and you had to show your right. VAX card and a license card in San Francisco to get into a bar or a restaurant. Right. So just that very strange, you know, that's a psychological thing right there. And, and they this taxi driver, the Uber guy, he looked around and he said, this town is dead. It doesn't know it yet, but the city's died. And, and we're like, what do you mean? And he was showing and he was saying, look at all these buildings. It's four o'clock on a Friday. These things should be lit up. And there's nobody in these buildings. And he's like, you're never going to get everybody back. Like his, And this is an Uber driver, he's, you know, main, he's a mainland China guy. He's been in the country about seven years driving an Uber the whole time. And he's like, I'm leaving San Francisco because it's dead. But, you know, so this is that this great I mean, I think we'll look back and there'll be some real human studies, some sociology studies on, you know, the effect of what we did to ourselves by locking ourselves away, um, kind of that us first, you know, you versus the other person um, at the vaccine situation and and just the. Very strange, arbitrary rules from city to city, state to state. And, you know, man, it's got to affect people's mental health as well that we'll see coming up.
1: And what I thought was really interesting, too, almost kind of getting back to like what you spoke about with like the cards, um, showing the cards, is that it did put certain people almost like in this weird like position of power. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I remember my mom talking about like the lady at TJ Maxx like the woman who worked there who was like only five people could go in the store at a time and she was like this like kind of guard at the store and I'm like you're a T- I mean why, why are we having this conversation in front of the TJ Maxx right but it did it, and it's kind of it is interesting because there have been psychological studies of like putting people in power and yes they, they rise up to it you know that they, the whole yeah <laughs> um, they rise
0: up they rise up they to rise,
1: it exactly <laughs> whatever that means so, um, yes. so it was it, it, that was I think very interesting dichotomy as well <laughs> yeah kind of that that power struggle almost or that argument over whether you have the right card to show or whether you've been vaccinated the right number of times and all of that <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and it's uh you know in the the righteousness of it and and there's a lot of you know you can almost go back to kind of period period purity period pure, you know christian pure you know being pure, uh, christian christianity mm-hmm. back you know When you were a dirty person and you did something wrong, you know, it's a very interesting way that it's, it wasn't religion, but it was a, but it's still this societal kind of compliance thing that was applied. It's very, I mean, the, the psychological impact, impact on that's gotta be something.
1: Yeah, no, I like I, th- I think there's th- this, the past few years are just going to have, I think, ripple effects. I think it's now like in our psyche of what I you know and just having survived it, you know, and kind of live to tell it type thing. It's, I don't know, I mean, it might be a bit of an exaggeration, but it's almost like people lived through like World War II, and they would talk about like during the wartime, yes. you know, that type of thing. Like, like I, I do, you know, we were in that <laughs> that weird hunker down situation.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I do think you know. Well, hey man, we were all scared. You didn't. I mean, the facts were not real clear. Right. You know, it was a scary, you know, super scary disease, and um, certainly, like I said, you know, the fear stuff was was really amped up because that sells. And you know, the more it sells, the more people get fearful that you just kind of jack it up a little bit more, and it's just a, it's a bad, it's a bad cycle, right? Of just, um, of really, terror, almost being, I think, really a bit of terrorizing, right? I think we were terrorized in, a, in our own way. I mean, we did it to ourselves and everything. Hum- humans to humans. Um, but yeah, I think the ripple effect is going to be quite interesting over the next few years to see.
1: Yeah. No. Definitely.
0: <laughs> What's the impact on kids? Are, are they resilient in this scenario, or are they, or is it going to affect some versus others? How how do you think it plays out on kids? What we did?
1: Yeah, you know, I think part of it has to do with how parents or the people around them handle the situation. Okay, so good I, point. I do think, Very good. I do think kind of what environment they were like. And some parents didn't have a choice; like they had to to work. They kind of had to put the kid what you know watching under the babysitter and just do your schoolwork and be done um others made it more of like let's be adventuresome and we're going to go out and hike since we can't really do anything else so you know, mm. people had kind of different choices. I think the age means a lot as well. Like I really felt even like in the midst of the pandemic, the kids who were born during that time or who were kind of in that age, you know, the young one to two year olds were developing like social skills. I mean, they didn't see yeah. people's mouths and smiles other than like the people in their house because everyone else was masked up. So just yeah. even being able to like that facial recognition and yes. kind of the social smiles and all of that, like I, th- I think they're either, I think they are seeing delays or kind of stiltedness in that. Um, just because they didn't get that just natural social interaction. Usually a baby's born and the relatives descend on the house, you know, and everybody's there and helping yeah. everybody. And this it's like, no, stay six feet away. and all that <laughs> stuff um and then again kind of like even like the kids who didn't like school and were anxious about it for them it was fine it was great you do, I don't have to go to the kids who get a stomachache before every day before school they didn't have a problem with it you know and again it was returning to school that was an issue um whereas the much the some more social kids a lot of them did they got depressed they got they didn't care about school they're like what's the point of this so mm. um and I think it's been and it's also recovering from because I'm, I'm sorry, these at home kind of ad hoc schools that were created, they're not going to be as, as good or as quality as what you're doing, like face to face, right? So I think just like educational delays and having to catch up oh, and that, yeah. that pressure, especially for kids who are maybe on the cusp of going to college and all of that. So
0: that would be, um, yeah. be a real thing, too. That will be a real thing. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. The actual really not learning. Well, and that goes, you know, I, as you said that the only thing I could, uh, not the only thing, but the thing that was ringing in my ear was the boss saying, actually, we need to be in the office because we're more productive. <laughs> and the, re- I mean, I, the reality is you got to be faced, you know, you, maybe not more productive, but the development of ideas and strategies and, and the teamwork and, you know, feel belonging and a sense of you know contribution to community and everything else you know that teamwork and you, if you're not together you don't have any of that and that's that's a huge part of I think of work one of the beautiful things about work sometimes is teamwork and doing you know some common things at least if you enjoy your job and enjoy your work
1: yeah no and and that goes to even how they create the office spaces that are more like open concept now so people aren't in and cubicles and you have that yeah. like almost you're forced to kind of interact and yeah, have those brainstorming Man, want, sessions and things.
0: Yeah. I feel bad for the introverts of the world, right. To take right. Taking the cubicle away. <laughs> exactly.
1: Their safe space is gone. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, it's a real thing. If you're an introvert, you don't really want to talk to people all day at the office. You'd rather just, you know, work a bit and have some, okay. Coffee chit chat, lunch chit chat, you know, I think right. you're fine, mm-hmm. but, you know, but all day long being in the bubble. Yeah. Um, Jessica, it, it's already an hour. I mean, already half hour. We're already kind of we're kind of at the at the time. Um, a couple th- couple things. One is I, I've got up how people can find you. So it's right. Jessica Langenham,
1: right. Langenham, right? Um,
0: on LinkedIn, and that's up on the the thing. If you're listening, you can you can find her on LinkedIn. How about how about some um, how about some closing thoughts or a closing message uh, for people listening? Maybe especially parents kids parents and stuff like that
1: yeah i mean i think the biggest thing and kind of getting back to even you know the thought what we were saying before in terms of like the stigma of mental health treatment and things i, mm. I really and i think especially to kind of plug telehealth as well is i think if there's ever kind of a doubt or a question of whether you're suffering something that might be helped by a therapist or by some medication mm. or by a coach or something right it doesn't hurt to reach out and just have that initial consultation or that initial touch point and get a professional's kind of opinion of where you are and kind of assess that and then make the recommendations for you. I think it's, it's better to do, because I I just have so many patients who've suffered for so many years before finally kind of taking that plunge and, And again, with telehealth, it's a lot more accessible. You don't have to go into an office. You don't have to drive somewhere. You don't have to necessarily take time off work. It it can be a lot more kind of like private and not broadcast into the world that you're seeing a therapist or psychiatrist or whatever. Um, Again, I think if there's a doubt, just reach out and get someone else's perspective on it and kind of at least kind of get you set on a path of what might be helpful for you rather than you know, suffering in in silence, basically. Um, There's a statistic that people with OCD, I think it's something like there's a 12 year delay between when their symptoms come in and when they're like formally diagnosed. That's kind of like the average. Um, I mean, OCD can be a very private thing that people are very embarrassed about. So I think that's one of the extremes, but I mean, I, I don't know that it's necessarily a whole lot less sometimes for some people suffering depression or anxiety or ADHD.
0: Yeah and and I mean I would just echo I would just you know echo kind of some of your your comments there which is just just tell people listening you know you're not alone and whatever you're feeling or you're going through there's a million people in front of you that have done it have conquered it have managed it dealt with it you know go find someone to talk to and just find out if you do need help or how you can get help you know there's nothing embarrassing there's no shame the only shame is not doing something now and and getting help later and regretting waiting
1: it, it, exactly <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah
0: And I've known so many people who are talking to therapists and are so happy they did. I mean it's really changed your life. It's powerful being having, having a chance to talk to someone who's got the tools to kind of help you figure it out yourself.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's that's a very good point. Like everyone has it within them to be able to recover and to heal yeah. from what it is. It just it's some that it needs to be kind of like untapped, you know, tapped into by someone else. That's yeah. you know, that little that lid needs to be opened, basically.
0: Ab- mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. We you know you need that's why you have coaches. I mean, it seems kind of silly, but coaches have coaches because you know you need somebody else on the outside, kind of looking in and and holding up that mirror.
1: Exactly, kind of help
0: you, kind of help you see things a little different, different angle. Right. Jessica thanks so much for being a guest I really appreciate it yeah
1: I know It was great that the time flew by <laughs> I,
0: it, I looked down and I was like dang okay okay my day has been like this it's been one just you know one one fast 30 minutes after another yeah. um, but it's really great I mean I'm glad I, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see um, the telehealth thing working so well
1: Oh, I think you're on mute. Oh yeah, I I still
0: can't hear. That unwinds everything. Okay,
1: Um, there we go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was just saying, I'm just really, you know, I'm just pleased to see the telehealth has got such a powerful impact and, you know, what a great tool. Unfortunate that COVID was the one that launched it into real widespread use, but as you said, that's the kind of the silver lining.
1: That yeah, I mean, we have we have to take something good from those those years, right?
0: Good one. I'll take yeah. I'll take that. Right. I'll take that again. Jessica, thanks so much for being a guest. Hang around for thirty seconds. I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna run a commercial, then uh, I'll see you on the other side.
1: Okay, sounds good.
0: Thanks everybody for listening to mental health today and supporting it. You can find us on all the normal, the regular platforms, uh, as well as YouTube, Facebook, uh, and here on LinkedIn, where we do where the show is also live. And then we'll have uh, Jessica, we'll have an audio version of this out in a couple of weeks on the regular platforms. Okay. See you in a minute. And thanks everybody.
1: Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change.
0: to with